The scripture reading is from the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to, Le to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. The word of the Lord. So today we're going to begin a series of sermons that will take us through the Old Testament book of Joshua. Joshua is a book that tells the story of how God took a nation of refugees and gave them a home how God led Israel into Canaan, into the promised land. And this opening passage in Joshua deals, deals with a problem that I think it's safe to say we all, we all have to face, at least sometime in our life. It deals with the problem of fear. How, how do you overcome fear? Not how do you keep from feeling afraid. You, we're going to feel that, but how do, you, how do you keep fear from crippling you so you just are overwhelmed with anxiety? That's, that's an issue that we all face. Uh, for example, some people will have to deal with lots of fear related to health concerns, right? You know, the, the cancer is in remission right now, but what if it comes back? Um, others will wrestle with fear of, with, over family matters. You know, your kids seem to be okay right now, but what will happen when they leave home, they go off to college? Uh, many people will wrestle with financial fear. What, what would happen if I lost my job? What will happen if they raised my rent? So we, un we understand what it's like to feel fear. And the, que the question is, how do you, when you're, when you're faced with all these uncertainties and these possible calamities in life, how, how do you just keep moving ahead um, and, and not be overwhelmed one foot after the other, moving ahead as, as God has called you to do? How, you, how do you keep from being crippled by fear? Now, to me, that seems to be the issue that God is addressing in this opening passage. 
Uh, we read here that Moses, you know, the great leader of the Hebrews, for he'd been leading them for over four decades. Most of them could not remember a moment in their life when they hadn't had Moses there to lead them. Moses has died. And now this new guy, untested, un inexperienced, unproven, Joshua, he's supposed to take over leadership. Uh, the people are about to enter into, land, into a land that they'd never been to before. They know they will not be welcome there. They know the people there are much stronger and much richer than they are, and they, they do not want them coming into that land. They will violently oppose them. And so the issue God is addressing here is fear. You'll notice three times in this passage, God says, be courageous. Verse 6, verse 7, verse 9. Once in verse 9, he says, do not be afraid. So that's just the drumbeat through the passage. Be courageous, be courageous, be courageous. Do not be afraid. It, so God's chief concern before they enter the, the promise that is God just wants to help them to know how to keep moving ahead even though there's all kinds of frightening possibilities ahead of them. So how do you do that? How do you overcome fear? I think you'd agree with me it's not. It's not easy to do. You, you, have you seen that old movie, um, Home Alone, the classic, right? Poor little Macaulay Culkin, his family. They go on vacation. They forget to wake him up. And next thing, he's in this big house. He's all by himself. And the bad guys are trying to break in. And there's that one scene where he's hiding under the bed in the bedroom. And he's so scared. And he says to himself, this is ridiculous. I am not going to be afraid anymore. And he gets up, he goes out in the front yard, he announces to the whole neighborhood, I am not afraid anymore, I am not afraid anymore, I am not afraid anymore. And then the next door neighbor walks out and he's terrified. He, you know, he runs back into the house. It's, it's not, listen, it's not that easy just to say, I'm not going to be afraid. It doesn't work. So how, listen, how do you overcome fear so it doesn't cripple you? Well, I think this passage would suggest that if you, maybe you're facing a really scary time right now, if you want to keep moving ahead by faith, there are two things that are essential, and they are where you focus and whom you follow. You need, you've, you've got to focus on the right truth, and you need to follow the right leader. All right, so we'll start with where you focus. You'll notice God, God speaks to Joshua. And God says to Joshua, if, if Joshua, if you are going to succeed in what I'm calling you to do and not be crippled by fear, he says, you need to meditate day and night. In other words, he says, you need to focus on what? You know, football coaches, good football coaches, they will spend a lot of time focusing on the opposition. The whole coaching staff will, will watch film late into the night, a film, film of whatever is the team that they're going to play the next week, and they want to study the opposition. What, what are the plays that they call? Who are their strong players? Who are their weak players? What is their strategy? They, in other words, if you're going to succeed in football, you have to focus on the opposition. But isn't it interesting, God does not tell Joshua to do that. He doesn't say, Joshua, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be thinking about the enemy day and night. I want you to meditate day and night on the Canaanites. They are so strong. They are so mean. I want you always thinking about those guys. God doesn't tell him to do that. Some, some people have discovered that what, what helps them succeed in, in, in life, just motivates them, is to learn to focus on the rewards. 
Focus on their goals. Oprah Winfrey recommends what she calls having a vision board in your house, which is just a visual display uh, that will remind you of the goals you want to reach. And you look at this and it motivates, you know, maybe you put a picture of the house you want to buy or a picture of the car you'd like to drive, a picture of the university you want to get into. And you just look at that and, 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 and focusing, meditating on, on the potential rewards motivates you to succeed. And apparently that works for some people. But it... Isn't it something? You might expect God to, to tell Joshua to do that, and he doesn't. He does not say, listen, Joshua, I know this is going to be scary, but I'm telling you, Canaan is a beautiful land. I want you to meditate day and night on Canaan. I want you thinking about the, the, the lush uh, valleys. I want you thinking about the rolling hills. I want you to think about the milk and the honey. You know, I just focus on the rewards. God doesn't tell him that. He doesn't want him walking through life fixated on the enemy. He doesn't want him walking through life fixated on riches. What does he tell him to focus on? Well, you know the answer because it's right there, verse 7 and 8. He says this. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to it from the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now, what book is God talking about there? Um, this is way before most of the Bible has been written. But at that stage of history, we, we read several places like in Numbers, Deuteronomy, that Moses, 40 years in the wilderness, was writing. So in some, in some form, they had probably the, like the early form of what we would call the Pentateuch, the first five, five books of the Bible. That was their scripture. Isn't it something that early in redemptive history, they already had written the written word of God. That was their Bible. That was the book. And God says to Joshua, listen, if in order for you, you're going to face things you can't imagine. So scary, so hard. In order for you not to be overwhelmed by this, he says, you need to focus on my written word. Keep this book always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Now, here's, here's why I find that fascinating. I, I think that's fascinating because you notice in this passage, God is speaking directly to Joshua. We don't know how he's doing it. He had a vision, if he hears a voice, if there's some kind of inner, inner sense that he has. But some, in some sense, Joshua in this passage is receiving direct revelation from God himself. And I want to tell you, that is very, very rare. That doesn't happen to most people. I mean, most, most people in the Bible, most people in the world today do not hear God speaking directly to them, all right? So that means Joshua had a very unusual relationship with God, an unusually close relationship with God. And yet, here's, here's what's fascinating. Even someone like Joshua, even someone who would sometimes hear from God directly, was told, man, you better, you better stay in the book you better, you better keep your nose in, in that book, in, in, God's, in God's written word, right? If you're to be strong and you're courageous, Joshua was told, meditate on God's written word. That just challenges me. Does it challenge you? Because I don't know about you, but I don't walk around here God speaking to me. But even if I did, God, you know what God would say to me? <laughs> what he said to Joshua. Go home and read your Bible. 
Learn your Bible. Study it with others, you know, like we do in our community groups or, or we do when we offer uh, classes to, to learn Scripture together. Now, you know, you know that God wasn't telling Joshua to meditate on the Word just so he could kind of fill his mind with all kinds of Bible knowledge. Try to be the smartest kid in Sunday school. That, was, that wasn't the point of it, right? That, he, he said, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Why? Verse 8, so you may be careful to do everything written in it. In other words, God says, Joshua, you, you, you're going to face some very scary things. I want you to be studying my word continually. Why? So that it will change your life. So it will keep you close to me. So how do you... How, how does that help a person overcome fear? Like, let's say you were to live your life that way as best you could. Just saying, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep in God's word. I'm going to read it. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to memorize it. I'm going to study it with others. I'm just, and I'm going to invite God to use it to change me. How would that help you deal with not knowing what's going to happen to you or your family in this coming year? Well, here's the way I think it works. We live in a world where everything is changing all the time. I mean, it's hard to know what you can count on anymore. People change. You know, they make a promise, they break it. You, 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 they're just different. Our health changes. Circumstances change. The economies change. Cultures change. It's just like, every, it's just, I feel like everything's changing all the time. And you, let me tell you, what you and I need desperately just to be able to build our life on something solid, we need something, one thing that will never change, that will always be what it is. Isaiah chapter 40 says this, all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flower falls but the word of our God endures forever. In other words, God's revealed word given to us, what a gift to have a Bible, right? God's revealed world, guys, it is a solid, unmovable rock. You want something unmovable to build your life on, something that's not going to collapse or change or wear out or wear old. God's word is that. It is this solid, unchanging truth. And if you don't believe me, listen, we could line up hundreds and thousands of men and women all over the world, some of them in very, very difficult situations. Some, some live their whole life in just crushing poverty who have nevertheless built their life on the promises and the truth and the teaching of God's word. And listen, you know what they would tell you? It has not let them down. So my, my challenge to you is um, as you face... As you face the future, ask God through the Holy Spirit to teach you to be the kind of person who learns just to, to dig into and delight in and, and be changed by the word. God said to Joshua, listen, you're not going to make it if you're thinking about the enemy all the time. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it if you're always thinking about, I can't wait till I get my farm in this new land. You're not going to make it. He said, if you're, if you're going to march into this, this land where you are not welcome, they don't want you there, 
and find a home there. God says, you know what? If you're going to overcome that, you've got to be focused on something that will not change. And that's his word. So how do we overcome fear? First, it's, it's where you focus. And second, it's, it's, it's whom you follow. Uh, you need to be following the right leader. And you'll notice that in this passage, um, there are many, many amazing um, promises. So one of the things I did in, in studying this passage is uh, I'll often do this, just print it out, and then maybe I'll use one color of, of ink to underline all the commands and another color of ink to underline all, you know, all, all the you know, different things. But I'll use one color for all the promises. And I used red this week for promise. And the, almost the whole passage was red. It's just filled with promises. God's saying this, I promise I will do this for you. I promise I will do that for you. I promise I will be there for you. And then, and then I looked it up a little more deeply. And in most, not all, but most of the promises, the word you was translating the second person singular, not plural. In other words, most of the promises in this passage are not for the entire nation of Israel. Most of the promises were for one person, for Joshua. You see, jo Joshua was the leader that God had chosen. And, and, and so the, most of the promises are for him, for the people to share in the blessing that was promised. What they needed to do was follow Joshua. The end of verse 6, God says, you, you, Joshua, will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So the, the promise was for Joshua to share in the promise the people needed to follow him. And that was not as easy as it sounds. That would require a lot of faith. We're not talking about Moses here. This is, this is not the guy who, you know, called down the plagues on Egypt. This is not the guy who parted the Red Sea. This is not the guy who gave the manna in the wilderness or climbed up Mount Sinai to meet with God. This is, this is not Moses. This is a guy who had been Moses' assistant. He'd never led the nation before. He was completely untested. He was completely unproven. And, and, and yet God says, this is this most unlikely of person. God says, listen, I want you to trust me. I chose him. I've given promises to him. You just you follow him and you will share in these promises too. They had to follow God's chosen leader. And you know what, guys? It's the same. It's the same for us. God has chosen our leader. Um, Hebrews 2 refers to him as the captain of our salvation. We have a captain. Hebrews chapter, two, uh, chapter 12 refers to him as the author of and finisher of our faith. You know who I'm talking about? Hebrews chapter 4 refers to our leader as our great high priest. So God has chosen a leader for us. Do you know what his name is? His name is Joshua. Well, Jesus is the English form of the Greek form of the Hebrew name Yeshua or Joshua. And we call him Jesus. It would feel weird to pray in the name of Joshua, right, Josh? I mean, we were not going to do that. But, um, <laughs> but the name is, his name, the name Jesus, the name Joshua, it's the same name. And that's, listen, that's not an accident. I, when God sent the angel to Mary and Joseph, remember he told them they're going to give birth, Mary's going to give birth to the Messiah. The angel said specifically, name him Joshua, name him Yeshua, name him Jesus. Why? Because God wanted us to understand that we're in a very similar situation to those early Hebrews. 
all the promise, all the promised blessings of God will be given to our leader, Joshua, Jeshua, Jesus. They'll all be given to him. We will share in those blessings if we just, by faith, follow Jesus. Second Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. The promises are fulfilled in and to Christ, and, and, and they're they are fulfilled for us through Christ, right? We, in other words, if we follow Christ, we share in every, all the blessings that God has promised to give him. And I don't know if you realize it, guys, but that is really good news, and I'll tell you why. You notice in this passage where, where God says, I want you to meditate on my law day and night, and I want you to be very careful that you obey everything in it. You know the problem? We have all failed to do that. In more ways than we can count, we have failed to follow God's law. We, we've all, everyone in the world, we've failed God, everyone except one person, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus perfectly fulfilled the will of the Father. He perfectly obeyed the law of, of, of the Holy One. So in other words, Jesus, Jesus alone deserves to receive every blessing God ever promised. And the good news is, even though we don't deserve those blessings, God will, we will share in them if we just follow him, follow our leader. That's good news, right? Oh, come on, man. You just got like, wow, oh, that's good news. That's good news, right? Okay. Ephesians, Ephesians 1, listen, Ephesians 1 verse 3. Isn't this, does this blow your mind? This is to anyone, listen, anyone who's trusted in Jesus, even if you feel like you're the worst follower Jesus ever had, all right? Or if you're, if, I would tell you this, if you're not trusting in Jesus today, he is inviting you to, to follow him. You say, just forgive my sins. Let me be my savior. Let me follow you. It's that simple. You can become one of his followers, just like that. And he, Ephesians 1 verse 3 says to those who are trusting and following him, it says this, God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In Christ, every blessing Jesus deserves for fulfilling the will of the Father. God says, if you follow him, you are in him. And when I give the blessings to him, I give them to you. So, if you're following Christ by faith, I would say, you got nothing to fear, right? I mean, you, you, you don't need to fear the future because no matter what happens to you, you know what? Jesus is going to be right there with you, Amen. And, and, and you don't have to fear death because, you know, he already took care of that. He conquered the death and the grave, right? And you don't need to fear God's judgment. Why do you not need to fear God's judgment? Because the Son of God already died for all your sins and you're forgiven. And you don't need to fear the disapproval or disappointment of, of, of others. Why? Because in Jesus Christ, God himself has fully accepted you. And, and, and listen, you don't need to fear the evil one. Hear me. You don't need to fear the evil one. 
Why? Because Christ Jesus has ascended to the right hand of God the Father and all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. He's in charge. In other words, you don't fear Satan. Why? Because he's under Jesus' thumb. Amen? So, if you're following the right leader, even if you're going through a hard time, you got nothing to fear. There's a, um, a musician, a, um, a hip-hop artist, Jermaine Cole, J. Cole. And before he was famous, he was driving his car with some friends one day, and he got a text telling him that he, he, was, being in, he was being invited to sign with a great, great music producer, Jay-Z, all right, which means he's going to be a big success. And so he gets this text saying, you're, you're going to sign with Jay-Z, and he does what you do whenever you find out you're going to be signed by Jay-Z, right? He turned up his music real loud, and he starts really getting into it and driving a little bit too fast, and just then the cops pull him over, and he knew he was in trouble because he, he was driving on a suspended license, and he had to spend the night in jail, which is Got to be a very frightening for a young person, for anyone, have to spend the night in jail. Very frightening. He says that was the easiest night of his life. That night was so sweet. Why? Because he signed with Jay-Z, right? In other words, he, he knew his future was bright, even though that was a difficult night for him. He knew his future was bright. Why? Because a very competent leader had made a commitment to him. Christian, your future is bright. It might be dark right now. I don't know what you're going through, but listen to me. Your future is bright because a leader named Jesus, the Son of God, he's not just signed a contract with you. He made a covenant with you, sealed in his own blood. You follow him. Let me tell you, he will never turn his back on you. He will never give up on you. He will never reject you. He will never forget you. He will get you into the promised land. You focus on him, on his word, and you follow him by faith. And you have nothing to fear. So be courageous. Let's pray. Father, help us as we face the uncertainties and fears of life. We need your help. Help us to be people who focus on your word. Help us to believe your word and not the lies of the world and the flesh, and the devil. And give us grace to follow our great leader, our Savior, Jesus. In his name, amen.